Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Gospel of John, John chapter 19. John chapter number 19. And I'm going to begin reading with verse number eight. Verse number eight this evening. This has been on my heart all the second probably half of this week, and I've been kind of toiling and rolling with it. Amen. Lord, help me here this afternoon maybe to make uh, put some things in order here for tonight. John 19 and verse number eight. This is the subject matter of Jesus Uh, The judgment that he went through prior to his crucifixion. The Bible says when Pilate therefore heard that saying and the saying that he heard is that from the people and the crowd was that Jesus had made himself the son of God. So whenever Pilate heard that saying, he was more afraid and went again into the judgment hall and saith unto Jesus, whence art thou? In other words, where'd you come from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. Again, Jesus said, Thou couldst have no power at all against me except it were given thee from above. For a little while tonight, I want to minister along these lines. Power with purpose. Power with purpose. Let's pray tonight that the Lord will touch us anew and afresh. I believe he'll help us here this evening. Some people in this place. Father, I love you today. We need you, O Lord Jesus, in this place. I pray, oh God, walk up and down the aisles of this assembly. God, let every distraction be minimized and help us, Lord, to turn our hearts and our minds, Lord Jesus, toward you. God, to think upon you, Lord, to receive from you, Lord, to participate, God, in what, Lord, you may want to do, God, and what you may want to say. I pray, oh Lord, today, God, let your word find a place in our hearts. Let it, God, accomplish that which it was sent, Lord, to accomplish in our lives, in the lives of these people. God, and will not fail to thank Thank you and praise you, Lord, for what you accomplish, Lord, in the lives of those that gather here tonight. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray, amen and amen. Everybody say amen. 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 You may be seated tonight in Jesus' name. Power with purpose. If I have said this phrase once, I have said it several times. If I had the power to change it, I would. Things enter our lives sometimes without asking permission. They come uninvited. They stay longer than we oftentimes desire. We feel powerless at times to change the events, the things that would often oppress us. It's the diagnosis that will stay with us the rest of our days upon the earth. That only a miracle can absolutely cure it. Diabetes, fibromyalgia, Hashimoto's, other thyroid issues, Crohn's disease, Meniere's disease, heart disease, 
chronic back, spinal cord, and nervous system problems, pancreatic difficulties, chronic migraines. All of those are just a sampling of what people in these pews are dealing with or have dealt with in their present day lives. For others, it's bouts of depression and discouragement. It's the emotional roller coaster that sometimes they find themselves on because the chemicals in their body are not finding their proper levels of regulation where they need to be at. It's the onslaught of physical, emotional, and many times spiritual problems that constantly each and every day pick at our well-being, challenge our faith in God. It's in moments of desperation that we oftentimes raise our fists toward heaven and we quote and declare, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And yet the sugar still fluctuates. The muscle pain and the fatigue still ravages our bodies. The weight gain comes. Our extremities are sensitive to the cold. Our digestive system is inflamed. Dizziness strikes out of nowhere. Pain and pain. And Brother Terry, more pain. And so I present how is it then that we explain that God's spirit in us is greater than disease and greater than emotional trauma and greater than spiritual battles we face. And at the same time, we continue to deal with all of them. How do we reconcile that he's greater and still feel like we're bond servants to what seem like irreversible problems? We take our cues from the stories of Scripture to bolster our faith and prop us up under our arms like the three Hebrew children of the book of Daniel who stood before the fiery furnace and Nebuchadnezzar looking down his nose at them asked, Who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? And they replied in the 17th verse, If it be so, in other words, if we are thrown in the fiery furnace, our God, God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand O king even if it meant they had to die but in verse 18 they say but if not be it known to thee O king that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up folks there must be something in all of this because deliverance or rather the lack of deliverance wasn't enough grounds for these three boys to disown their God. According to them, the lack of deliverance, bring me back just a little bit, monitor, the lack of deliverance in this moment would not be enough, amen, for the weight to tip the scales, if you will, amen, concerning their belief and their confidence in the power of their God. It's difficult for us to see Jesus in the position that he is in, in our text. It's difficult for his disciples to see the position that he is in and the positions that he was in leading up to this one in our text. It's never more clear that it was difficult for them than when we see Jesus being taken in the Garden of Gethsemane. The Bible says that Peter drew his sword that was on his side and he cut off Malchus's ear. Amen. These band of men had come to the Garden of Gethsemane. Men and officers had come and they bound 
Jesus up. They bound the man up who had set others free. Peter must have been thinking in his mind as he pulled his sword from his side. What, 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 what are you doing to Jesus? What right do you have? Amen. To lay a finger on this man. He hasn't done anything but good unto you. He's walked among you in goodness. He doesn't deserve this. This is Jesus. He's cleaned the lepers. He's opened the eyes of the blind. He's enabled the lame to walk again. He's brought some of your dead back to life. He's cleansed those that had unclean spirits. He simply has sent his word to heal others of you. As a matter of fact, there's so much power in his spoken word that whenever he identified himself to you in the garden, that I am he, the Bible says they all went backward and fell to the ground. And yet as he stands before Pilate, as he stands there in our text, Jesus has already been apprehended. He's already been scourged by Pilate. He's had a crown of thorns pushed upon his head by the soldiers. He's been mocked. He's been smoked. He's been spat upon. And yet this was God incarnate. God in the flesh, the winds and the sea obey him. Why isn't he exercising power over the present circumstance? Huh? Open blind eyes, this would seem to be real easy compared to that. Someone say amen. This is the man, amen, the man God invested in that man known as Jesus Christ. Yet the Bible says that Jesus subjects himself as a man before Pilate because he was made in the likeness of men. And in Philippians 2 and 8, it goes on to say, and being found in fashion as a man, that Jesus humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Folks, just Jesus Christ was God in the flesh, but he was in the flesh. He subjected himself to what we experience, hunger. Amen. Christ thirst. He had sorrow. He had grief. He had tiredness. The Bible says when he went to the well, he was wearied with his journey. Someone say amen. This is the man Christ Jesus. Hebrews 4.15 tells us very plainly that we have not a high priest, speaking of Jesus Christ, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. In other words, it literally translated with the feelings of our feebleness, our maladies, our frailties. For instance, it says he cannot, he cannot, he is going to be impacted by what we're impacted by. He knows and feels the disease that we feel he knows the infirmity that we have he feels the sickness that we have the weakness that we have but was in the Bible says all points tempted tested like as we are yet without sin and yet they are binding him they're scourging him they're placing a crown upon his head and it's, he seems to be the epitome of power. In a few moments, not long from this one of our texts, his hand and feet will be affixed to a cross. A spear will pierce through his side. Altogether, he will be crucified. And yet at the same time, there's a resident power in him to change it all. To cause it all not 
to take place, not to happen, not to occur. Someone say amen. After Peter cut off the ear of Malchus, Jesus told him this of Matthew 26 and verse 53. He says, thinkest thou, he just cut off the ear. He says, thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels. That's anywhere from 36,000 to 72,000 angels. Don't you think that I could call for 12 legions of angels in this moment? But verse 54 says, you know what he's saying? He's saying, I have power. But 54, but how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled? That thus it must be. You know what Jesus was telling Peter? It was a teachable moment, not just for him, but for everybody in the area. Jesus was telling him that there is power, but there is also purpose. And ultimately, power and purpose must work together. They must harmonize like two voices singing two parts. They must come together seamlessly. And although there is power in us that's greater than he that's in the world, there's also purpose for us. Christ said, he said, whenever I came among you, he said, I came not to flex my muscles, not to show, if you will, my power. But more so than that, I came to do the will of him that sent me. And my power was to join arm with purpose. And they together was going to rot a word. Amen. Can I tell you tonight, amen, that even in our own lives, that the power that we have is not just for the purpose, if you will, of exercising and demonstrating power, but ultimately for working out God's purpose in our lives and there's sometimes we don't understand what's happening to us or happening around us or why we have a sickness or an emotional thing or a spiritual thing but you must know this there's a power at work that's working out a purpose in your life someone say amen Jesus stands before Pilate guilty or not guilty. Release him or give him up over to the crowd to be crucified. Pilate was a procurator of Judea. That means he was the personal servant of the emperor of Rome. He was directly responsible to him. His primary concern was finance, but he also possessed civil, military, and criminal jurisdiction. In other words, Pilate was a man of measured clout and power and whenever he returns to the Lord in our scripture setting amen and ask the Lord from whence he came or from whence he was and Jesus did not answer him Pilate told him do you not know that I have power amen to crucify you and that I have power amen to release you those were the words amen that Pilate spoke to Jesus but Jesus responded unto Pilate with these words and these are the last recorded words that Jesus spoke back to Pilate with Jesus answered and said thou couldst have no power 
at all against me except that we're given thee from above. Do you know what the Lord was saying in that moment? He was saying this, Pilate, you have no power of your own because all power comes from God. All you have is delegated power. And if you exercise your power against me, you better realize that power was given to you by God. Somebody doesn't quite understand yet. You need to look at whatever is, is oppressing you. Whatever disease or something is coming upon you. You need to look, if you will, at diabetes and say, Diabetes, I'm here to tell you, you would have no power against me if you didn't have power from above to exercise on me. It don't matter what it is. The powers that be are ordained and belong to the Lord. Someone say amen. The powers that be belong unto the Lord. <laughs> Pilate saying, I'm, I'm a man of clout. I'm a, uh, I'm a man that's underneath the emperor. Amen, I got power. Amen, no, 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 you don't have no power of your own. All that power comes from God. All of that power is delegated power. That word power that's being spoken of in John 19 comes from the Greek word exousia. It means in sense of ability. In other words, Pilate's saying, I have ability to release you. I have ability to crucify you. But Jesus is saying you wouldn't have any ability if it wasn't for he who is able. That is above. You don't, you don't have no authority had it not been for authority given to you from above. Someone say amen. So in Psalm 62, the psalmist says in verse number 11, God has spoken once. Twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. You want to you take a survey, if you will? You want to you take some points of interest and, and write down the power of your God? He is powerful. The Bible says, and I won't tell you where each one's found, but if you want them after service, come see me. But the Bible describes that our God is great in power, that he is glorious in power. With God all things are possible, the scripture says. The matriarch of Oak said, is there anything too hard for the Lord? God gives power, the Bible says, to his people. He made the earth by his power. He redeems by his great power. The Bible says that Jesus was raised by the power of God and that we should live with him by the power of God. Someone say amen. But there are times that we feel like I, we are at the mercy of our circumstances. Brother Terry, we feel overwhelmed. We feel powerless against whatever is attacking us or oppressing us physically, emotionally, spiritually. And truly we fulfill Ephesians 6 when it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against powers. Someone say amen. 
It's in these moments that what I see in my own personal life, Brother Terry, when I find myself in that position that my afflictor seems to be parading about me and around me and almost sometimes even gloating about the position that he has me in spiritually or emotionally or physically. Amen. He's parading around. He's showing his strength. He's intimidating me by flexing his muscles, so to speak, much like Pilate did his before the Lord. I got power to release you and I got power to crucify you. The booming voice happens in our heads over and over. It tells us that he has power over us and there's nothing that we can do about the power that he's exercising upon us. But we must remind our detractor. We must remind ourselves that all power belongs to the Lord. For that matter, any power that's exercised is delegated power. Someone say amen. Someone say glory. (laughs) Proof that God delegates power. Even to the hands, if you will, of people that he know will abuse it or use it in a particular way. But he always does that still yet for his own purpose. The Bible says, again, several scriptures you could, you could reference. I got them here for you if you want them. But the Bible speaks plainly that God, everybody say God, stirred up an adversary against Solomon. And he brought, the Bible says, another adversary against Solomon. This is the king of Israel. This is an adversary against the king of Israel. This doesn't look too positive. The Bible says that God stirred up the spirit of Pul, the king of Assyria. He he stirred up the, the spirit of another king in order to carry away the half a tribe of Manasseh, the Gadites and the the Manassehites, those are all tribes of Israel. God stirred up a man to come against them. Somebody's already having a hard time taking this in, that God would stir up an adversary against his own people. But again, it's not all about the power. It's about the purpose in the power. The Bible says that God had before him and he was wondering who could go in before the king of Israel who was Ahab at that time. Who shall go? Who shall persuade? Amen. That Ahab should go into battle when he shouldn't go into battle. The Bible says there was an imp that said, I'll go, I'll persuade them. The Bible says that God sent a lying spirit It's in your Bibles, folks. God sent a lying spirit to Ahab to convince him he needed to go into battle. But overarching the power was a purpose in it. Amen. He stirred up. Amen. The Bible says an adversary, the spirit of the Philistines against Jehoram. Again, that is his people. And yet on another hand, the Bible says he would stir up the spirit of Cyrus in order to release the Jews to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the tabernacle. That was God delegating power and people then using it, maybe negatively, maybe positively. But all in all, it was all for God's overarching purpose in Job 1 and verse 12, the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath, speaking of Job, is in thy power. 
He says, the, the, the Satan says, Lord, he says, you have a hedge about him. Nobody can touch him. God says, all right. He's a perfect and upright man. He says, I'm going to delegate some power to you. I'm going to delegate some power to you. And all that he has is in your hand. You, you can touch his wealth. You can touch his health. You can do all that. You can do anything you want to. Just don't take his life. But in the delegation of the power was really an overarching purpose. It looked negative whenever all the she-asses died and whenever the house fell and the kids were taken and all that. We look back and we think, my goodness, Lord, what in the world is up? Here's the thing. We don't always know what's up being God's children, but you need to know something is up. In all of these scenarios, power is at work. The power of God is delegated to forces. Some of them are accomplishing good, amen, and others are accomplishing what appears to be evil. But again, the overall design of power is purpose. The reason why God brought up adversaries against Solomon is because he had taken many foreign wives. His heart was turning away from God. He was practicing idolatry, serving other gods. And so God says, I'm going to delegate some power to the enemies and maybe the enemies will come and turn him around. Maybe the enemies will come have him a change of mind. What is it? God exercising power. Amen. But it has overall purpose. And Solomon could even look at those boys that came against him and could say, you couldn't do what you're doing against me if it wasn't for the power from above. But the real constant idea is this. It's the power that's serving the purpose in our life. Those two and a half tribes of Israel that had people coming against them because God stirred them up. They had been a whoring after other gods. God says, I delegate power. They're going to become against. It looks bad on the surface. But if it serves my ultimate purpose. God stirs up Cyrus. Let the Jews go back to their homeland and rebuild Jerusalem. Again, for their benefit. Job, his uprightness before. There's power and purpose at work together. Note that whenever Pilate said what he said unto the Lord, that Jesus did not cower. He even didn't become enraged at Pilate's arrogance. But he simply put everything in perspective. Pilate, you have no power of your own. I hope someone could just grasp what I'm saying tonight. Fibromyalgia, you have no power of your own. Diabetes, you have no power of your own. Meniere's disease, Brother Mason, as he laying on his bed tonight, it doesn't have no power of its own. Heart disease don't have any power of its own. Hashimoto's don't have no power of its own. The only power it has is what's been delegated to it from above. I don't know why you have that disease, sister. Amen, Malone, but there's some reason why you have it. I don't know why Bishop won't be healed of diabetes, but there's some reason why. And I just got to be confident there's a why. Because God doesn't just haphazardly use his power. His power always serves purpose. Someone say amen. Jesus didn't cower down. He just said, Pilate, you have no power of your own. Because listen to me. Pilate would have had no power, Jesus says, at all against him if it were not from above. 
You wouldn't have any power at all against me if it were not from above. In other words, Pilate, you would have had no power to scourge me had it not been from the above power. You would have had no power, amen, for the placement of the crown of thorns on my head had it not been for the above power. You would have no power to crucify me had it not been for the above power. Had it not been given to you from above, you would not have had any power. You know what? You know what Jesus is really saying? You would have had no power in this episode if there wasn't a purpose in this episode. You would have no power in this dilemma if there wasn't a purpose in this dilemma. You would have no power in this valley if there wasn't a purpose in this valley. Hebrews 12 and 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, everybody say purpose. (laughs) For the joy that was set before him endured the cross. That's power. They crucified, they mocked, they smote, they pierced. And they was only able to do that because there was power from above that delegated them. But he endured. He endured. Because there was something greater than power at work. It was power with purpose. What was set before him. That verse of Hebrews 12 and verse number 2 comes right after a very popular chapter in Hebrews chapter 11 called the Hall of Faith in which people are listed. People are listed who through power, some got deliverance. And who through power, some was delivered up. They all had faith. There were good things that happened to some. There were bad things that happened to others. Good and bad was delegated power to each party for the Lord. Ultimately with purpose. Listen to me just for a little bit. Look at these things. The book of Hebrews. Here it is. Colors these people as those of faith. This is amazing if you set these side by side. By faith some subdued kingdoms and turned to flight the armies of the aliens. But also there were others that suffered bonds and imprisonment. There were some that wrought righteousness, but there were others that endured trials of, of cruel mockings and scourgings. The Bible says some obtained promises, but there were others that were tempted and destined. It don't look good, does it? There were some that they stopped the mouth of lions, but there were perhaps even more that went along and still were afflicted. There were some that quenched the violence of fire, and yet there were still others that were tormented, the Bible says. Some, this, there is no greater contrast than this one. There are some that escaped the edge of the sword while there are others in faith that were slain by the sword. Power in each that's been delegated from God but serving ultimate purposes in the lives of those that are impacted and affected. Someone say Amen. Some are depicted as waxing valiant in fight while others are wandering in sheepskins and goatskins. The Bible says some women received their dead back to life again. But there were others that stared at the graves of those that had been stoned and sawn asunder. Pilate, you have no power of your own. 
<laughs> and such a response brings an awareness that God has all things, good and bad ultimately, in his hands. People can utilize the same power for what seems bad that is used for good. I can't even pretend, I can't stand up here tonight and even pretend and tell you that I know the mind of God. But I know what the scripture says. It says his ways are past finding out. It says that his judgments are unsearchable. However, there is a peace in knowing that these things in my life, whatever they may be for your own personal life, they could not be if it were not for the power from above. We've been into, whatever, 15 prisons. And everyone that I think we've been in, Pastor and Sister Curtin has been in. We're kind of the team, the nucleus with Sister and Brother Reinhardt. Everywhere that we go, Brother Curtin tells those ladies his topic is usually always the disappointed princess. Their family knows disappointment. They lost, they lost their girl just a few days after graduation. Just, just, just over the hill in one more curve, and she'd have been home, lost in a tragic car accident. Had to make the decision to take her off life support. He reads from his journal whenever she was born. He keeps a journal. He reads from his journal whenever she was born, how she, he held her in her arms when she took her first breath, and then the other end of the year when he held her in her arms as she took her last breath. And he's talking about discipline. There's something that Pastor Curtin all time says whenever he's telling all of this story. And let me tell you, I don't care. I've heard it 15 times. And it pulls me every time. But there's something that he says. And this is not from the, 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 the voice of somebody that hasn't had some heartache. He says this to those ladies. He says, we may not know the why. He says, but we know there is a why. He said, the same God that could brought life into her body was the God that allowed her to release into eternity. He says, we might not know the why. He says, but we know that there is a why. You know what he's saying? Because always along with God's power is purpose. We could sit all day at a table, Sister Sheila, with the curtains and may talk. What do you think that might be? And they might be able to serve. And think, well, maybe somewhere down the road she was going to fall away from God. Maybe this was going to happen or that. Here's the thing, folks. You may not know the why. But I'm confident, according to God's word, there is some why. And it couldn't happen if God had not permitted it. Or delegated power for something to come about. You understand what I'm saying? So I stand in the latter portion of the prophets whenever he says, Rejoice not against me, all my enemy. You know why? Because I'm telling the enemy right now, you don't have any power of your own. You wouldn't even have any power to be doing what you're doing right now if it wasn't given to you from above. 
Brother Terry, you just need to look. You need to look at that back pain. And I know, my God, you must go through just a horrible mess with it. But you just need to tell it every once in a while. You wouldn't even have power to put this on me if there wasn't power from above that delegated you with it. And I'm convinced, though, I don't know the why. There's a why. And God always has a purpose along with his power. Whether it seems to be working positively or negatively for me on the surface, he has a purpose with his power. Because I could stand up here and say, I tell you what, we're just the sickest church there ever was. Man, I read through that list of everything I mentioned to begin with tonight, and that's us. Plus some other things. But you know what? That's been delegated to be put upon the people that's right here off the same 1121 Cedar Street. Why in the world would God have something like that go through a church? I don't know the why. But I know it couldn't happen if it wasn't from the power that was given to whatever it is from above. So he must have some purpose in it. If it's going to keep us on streets of gold and gates of pearl, then God Almighty. So you may not always know the purpose and the things that assail you. may not always know the purpose of them. But rest assured that we can say we know the power behind them. Jesus was such just in a case of being Jesus, God in the flesh, that he knew both the purpose and the power. We're just lucky enough to know the power. But when I understand according to God's word that he uses his power to further his purpose, it helps me accept a little bit more what's going on in the here and now that, that, that butts up against me and taxes my spirit and taxes my soul if I know there's purpose in this. That's how the Bible says that the woman in the Gospels, it says she is in labor. Sorrow has filled her soul as she has given birth to that child. But once it is born, her sorrow is swallowed up in what has come about because she sees the purpose for all the sorrow. Honey, someday, whenever the trump sounds and you stand before God, you're not going to be worrying about diabetes anymore and fibromyalgia and heart disease and Crohn's disease and all. Who cares? You're not going to be worrying about that stuff anymore. Why? Because you're on street to go. I, the will of God has been done for me. The purpose, the destiny, the destination has been summed up. Someone say amen. It's, a, it's somewhat of a peace that comes. Amen. I don't know how many times Brother Terry has said, you know, it does no good to complain about what's going on. There's no good to complain about. There's no good saying thing. It just is what it is. And I guess that God just knows best. In so many words, I'm not quoting him probably directly, but I'm just saying in so many words, he just said that it, 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 it's God. You know what he's saying? This thing doesn't have no power. But what's delegated from above. And so there must be some purpose. And so I'm just trusting and keeping confidence. I'm sure he wished there were some days there was no pain. I'm sure there's some days you... You wish your extremities didn't get cold in the winter? But with God's exercising of power, whether it seems good or bad, comes his purpose. If we can stand tonight. I'll come to a close. Whew. 
This knowledge changes the dynamics, at least in our minds to a certain degree. Because it changes it from us being at the mercy of whatever is happening to us to us really being at the mercy of God. Huh? Who would you rather have the guillotine in their hand and rope? An enemy of yours or someone that loved you? We see the enemy. <laughs> we see the enemy, Brother Mason, holding the rope. Hold my jacket just for a moment. Will you hold it? We see the enemy holding the rope. But behind his hand is the hand of the Lord. Whew. He can let go, but as long as the Lord's hand still is on. You think you got power. I can release it or I can keep it. You don't have no power except what's been given to you. Oh God. <laughs> so you need to tell whatever may have been taunting you for years, maybe weeks, maybe more days here recently than other days that they don't have anything that's not been given to them from above that they could not if they had not. I close with this. Jeremiah 29, these are, this verse 11 is the verse everybody writes in their graduation card. And, oh, it's so special and great. For one, God's not, God's not talking to an isolated person. He's talking to the nation of Israel when he says this. All right? But before we get to verse 11, I want to back back up. You know me in context. I want to back back up to verse number 4. Verse number four, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. He's speaking to the nation of Israel and to all that are carried away captives. The nation has been carried to Babylon. Look, he says, whom I caused. Do you get that? He used the hands of the Babylonians. He used the hands of the enemies. But he says, whom I caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. Seems like an exercise of power. Power had been delegated to the Babylonians and they carried the nation of Israel away to Babylon. They used delegated power. On the surface, it seems very negative and bad. Seventy years of captivity. But in verse 11, he says those words we like to write in the graduation cards. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Wait a minute. Being carried away to Babylon for seven years didn't look too good, Lord. But he says, whom I caused. I have thoughts of good, thoughts of peace, not of evil. Look, to give you an expected end. Purpose. Purpose. Power that on the surface seems to be irregular, bad, kind of the left side for you, God. It's delegated. But ultimately, all of this is working about an expected end. End a purpose. A purpose. Some of the greatest questions we can ask, and it's okay to ask why, go on and do that. I don't know if you'll ever get an answer, but if it makes you feel better just to ask the question why, ask the question why. That is totally fine. But what we've got to come to terms with when we find ourselves in those places is, Lord, help me to understand that this couldn't take place. 
that there was not power from above that enabled something to happen or function or take place. And so if your power is in all of this, there must be a purpose in all of this. I know that those are loose words for somebody that's been met with tragedy in the moment of tragedy. But right now, back maybe from all of us, not just in the total vice of tragedy, we just sit back and understand. God does not just exercise power by itself. He does it with purpose. He says, I do the will of him that sent me. It wasn't just opening blinded eyes and bringing the dead back to life again. It wasn't just all that power. It was power with purpose. It was power with purpose. Can we bow our heads in this place tonight? Somebody may feel overwhelmed tonight. Somebody may feel overwhelmed tonight. Somebody might be dealing with the stress of their affliction tonight. Somebody might be wagging their head. You may be one of those that have raised your fist in the air and say, greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. And that statement is absolutely true. That statement is absolutely true. But whatever is going on is going on because there's some purpose that's being served in your life. You may not know what the why is. You may not know what the details are, but there's some some purpose being served in your life. I wish I could stand up here as your pastor tonight and just draw all the lines of contact and connection and say, that's went on in your life because of this, and, and you've suffered from this because of that. I wish I could draw the lines, but I can't do that for you tonight. But you've got to come to terms with the fact that there is a purpose. There is a purpose behind the power, even when it seems like that delegated power coming against me is doing just that coming against me although it may seem bad on the service surface and heart-wrenching amen to take and to to computate and to to understand we gotta understand god operates his purpose through his power oh these altars are open i wish somebody would come and find a place to pray i wish some of those that have sugar diabetes would find a place tonight just tell it you don't have no power except that which is given from above I wish somebody with their heart disease and with their pain that rivets their body day after day and with their Meniere's disease and their Hashimoto's and their thyroid problems and all the other emotional problems and the spiritual problems that overwhelm us. I wish we had come just to an altar tonight and just give it a little notice that the scripture gives that Jesus even gave. You know, to have no power against me had it not been given you from above. And I know that that power is working some type of purpose some type of purpose in my life I don't understand it God but I do understand your word it's always power with purpose power with purpose God knows where you are sir God knows where you are ma'am he knows what you are suffering he knows what you are contending with. And it would not even have a, a arm over you had it not had any power given to it from above. He's serving some purpose. I wish I could explain it to you. I, I wish I could make it known. I, I know that would ease maybe the carrying of the load. I know that it would. We just got to trust. His way sometimes are past finding out. His judgments are unsearchable. But no assurity, his purpose is worked through his power.
Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.